Hey, it's your fucking, it's your real dad here, because I'm a dad now. That's the big news. I'm having twins, and this is the Drunk Week in Review. Yay! Uh, JM, why don't you fucking take away the legal thing before I say too many things? Because <laughs> I'm your dad, and I'm telling you what to do now. All right. The views and opinions expressed in the show are solely those of the host and do not reflect the official policy or position of the host employers. Any content provided by our host is their opinion and is not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, entity, individual, or anyone or anything. Bam. Yeah, and no fetuses were harmed in the making of mine. <laughs> or, or eaten or sold in the back of a pizza joint in where was that New Jersey? Uh, DC, yeah. DC. So I mean, if they come out not so cute, well, I'll probably just ship them to Comet Pizza. <laughs> and they'll is that a pizza chain there? They'll train them to you know service the elite, but or, no, or they'll just or they'll just like scare them to get the is it adrenochrome? I don't remember adrenochrome. I don't. I don't remember. But I, Aaron, to oh, answer your Aaron, question, I think it's, a, it's not a chain. It's Comet Pizza, or is it Comet Ping Pong and Pizza? Some shit like that. It's the, it's the pizza place in D.C. that the whole PizzaGate thing originates from. Or if you're familiar with that, PizzaGate is this like Pizza Watergate? Uh, yeah. Kind so it's the Alex. Of. It's the Alex Jones and like QAnon and Tea it's Party the birth conspiracy. Of the QAnon, I would say. Yeah. That okay. Hold on. Hold on. If we're going to talk about QAnon, <laughs> I I do have something to talk about real quick. <laughs> do we? Uh, good apparently point. Apparently, people listen to the show, and uh, a friend of mine listened to the show, and he goes, "Look, man, uh, we we're not QAnoners. Okay, there's no multi-level marketing thing going on here. We just voted for Trump. Okay." <laughs> <laughs> no, no, there's okay. a big difference between like a, your standard Republican you can... and a Q and honor. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Just because you vote Republican does not mean you believe in Q. It's just what I, what what's the Venn diagram is like most Qer Q and on people are Republicans, but not most Republicans are Q and on. Yeah, Something yeah, like yeah. That. It's yeah. the it's the everything is this, but not all of this is that kind of yeah kind of deal. All Cadillacs are cars, but not all Cadillacs. Not no, all no, cars. Sorry. All are Cadillacs. Cadillacs are cars, but all cars are Cadillacs. Yeah, correct. Yeah, right. Great. Okay, so there's Aaron's first correction. Um, <laughs> for me, I just want to. So we had a little tiff about cryotherapy last we week. Not tiff, but like we like. I think we uh, James said that we would die if we actually did it the way. No, I no, 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 no. I, I was wondering how you didn't get tissue death. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're insinuating I should be dead, I feel. No, no, I'm wondering how you don't have, like, tissue death, as in um, when you get uh, hypothermia and stuff like that, um, you get, you know, you start to lose tissue and it's unrepairable tissue damage where you get necrosis and tissue yeah. death. So, like, this, like, you're kind of, like, getting cold vapors, but, so you're in this enclosure, it's open-ended, and the temperature does drop to negative 200 to 300 degrees Fahrenheit, and you're in there for... Between two to four minutes, you're in like low temperature air. You're not being exposed. You're not wet. You're not. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And your uh, extri- like your outer extremities are covered. Like your feet are covered. Your hands are covered. Uh, you are wearing. I wear like my underwear, so my my like my dong and my uh, pubes don't freeze off or some shit. I guess. But yeah, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> and so for me, when I go. Like, there's this guy there. He's like a bro. He's like, hey, man, it's cool. You can change in front of me. We're bros. I'm like, all right, well, don't touch me. (laughs) (laughs) 
Quit, just look the other way. Don't compliment me on the watch. There I'm you go. Like, uh, okay, yeah, sure, man. Yeah, yeah, I'll just change in front of you. No problem. <laughs> Oh. Uh, yeah, uh, so uh, that's my big correction. What do you guys got? So I've got two. Um, I said horny to- uh, horny towards horny toads. I'm not even like I just had two sips out of this beer. Um, I, horny toads <laughs> are not extinct. Um, they are endangered, but t- they're only endangered at a state level. Um, they're not federally recognized as an endangered species. And this was brought up because we were talking about uh, Aaron's oil in his front yard and killing all the fire ants and how I said that. I'm was glad you brought that toads. up because I was so confused. I'm like, wait horny toads are extinct when the fuck did that happen yeah they're just they're they're critical here in texas but for some reason they're not federally recognized as an endangered and species we really like used horny toads to eat fire ants no that's their um that's their main diet and so that was the problem was it's as people fire ants yeah as people start to get rid of the fire ant population it uh the horny toads lose their um staple out of their diet and so they the you know they they st- stop having food to eat basically that's okay, insane. so which one came first? Because I thought the fire ant was invasive. Uh, yeah, I was just about to br- thank you. I was just about to bring well, that up. So, I thought yeah, fire the, ants were an invasive, spe- invasive species. Yeah, yeah so they, they are, but the horny toad. Well, so the ant itself. Did we bring in? Fi- Do we bring in horny toads to eat the fire ants? No, I, that I'm going to have to do some research on because that's going to end up as another correction. But I know that the horny toad population is what kept the fire ant population in check. And then, I feel like you came into this half-assed. I don't feel like something. I don't think you're prepared. It, preferred to have fire ants around. I'm kind of blown and away. And then as we start, de- you know, as land starts oh. developing, we start disrupting the horny toad habitat. Well, fire ants sure. don't really care. They're still going to be there. And so now you have all these people killing fire ants and horny toads. As they start to move back in, they have their uh, their food source gone. So like my grandparents had a little family of horny toads out at their place for probably 10 or 15 years. Um, and they, they just one day disappeared uh, as soon as basically all the, f- the ant piles in my grandparents' place were gone. That's crazy. I purposely don't treat for fire ants because it drives my dad crazy. My dad's <laughs> like so into like, like, oh yeah, you got to, you know, you got to spray fertilizer in your yard. You got to throw out the granules to get, you know, get rid of the fire ants. I fucking hate fire ants. I'm like, it's like, oh, do you? It's like, I'll come by your house in a few weeks and we'll do it. I'm like, no, you're not. We're going all, we're we're, we're organic out in this bitch. Nice. I just really do that. that. Accidentally uses too much fertilizer and then they kill oh. their lawn, and Speaking then the fire ants come back anyway. Oh, yeah. Are, are you it, wearing your shirt? Is it red shirt day? Everyone's in red shirts. Oh, we, Darren, Aaron, I have pockets. Uh, oh. I don't have pockets. I'm wearing my uh, I'm wearing my Zion shirt. Oh yeah, and those things are Aaron. We should have got you one. They're super soft. Yeah, they're oh, already. Yeah, right. It's already falling apart though. I already texted Chelsea about it. It's trash. Oh well, I think she'll have to take away your gift card. Yeah, this is uh, an out of print, bitter Southern T-shirt. Nice. Yeah. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. Mine is from uh, there's there's a a fly fishing shop in Bl- Glenwood Springs called Hookers. So I had to get a <laughs> shirt and a hat. That's wonderful. Uh, I yeah, did have um, one. I did have one more correction. Um, I. Aaron had, men- uh, Aaron had asked a question last week about the constitutionality of the election, and I'd, I'd kind of gone on a rant about how the Constitution is fluid, and that was the whole point of the ratification. I'm, so initially, I was correct when I said the Constitution was ratified, because ratification is the signing of a document for validity. However, 
adding amendments is not ratification. The Constitution can only be ratified once, and it's then just amending, right? Yeah, and then you're just amending it, and I don't know what the process is. I'm sure it's not validating or you know whatever the case is. But ratification, I used it correctly once, and then I immediately turned around and used it wrong, saying that I we ratified amendments and we don't to ratify throw in a new amendment. It's got to be what two thirds of the two thirds of the House. And then some obscene like portion of the other one, Fucking, like, right? 61 senators or some shit. Yeah. Something like and that. And how many times has... And I don't want to go too deep now because I don't feel like correcting that next week. To make week. changes to the Constitution? <laughs> how many times is that? Well, uh, I know that... How many times has there been bipartisan support to change the country in a way that's actually good for the country? Let's... Oh, goodness. What was the last... Yeah, I'm looking at... So the one. last... Well, the uh, Constitutional Amendment was the 27th in 1992. 27th? That required, yeah, 27th. That required any change in the rate of compensation for members of the U.S. Congress to take effect only after a subsequent election in the House of Reps. So if a Congress was to give themselves a raise, that raise would not go in effect until the, the next election. So if those people lost, they wouldn't get that raise oh, type thing. I kind of like that. I think I yeah, get it. Sense. Yeah, I like it. Like, you know, but we also know the incumbency rate is like <laughs> unreal. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Like what's no, it the kind of blows right. me away how long some of those guys sit in the same spot. But L- uh, like Strom Thurmond. Right? <laughs> oh, I mean, Joe, uh, Joe. Yeah. Joe Biden's been in the Senate since like 1968 or some shit. Bernie's been like, in his there for a while. while. No, no, I his don't think only job has been like the Senate. He's he's been like a legislature for a really long time, but he's not sat. He hasn't been uh, federal. Uh, yeah, no, no. He was he was state. He was like a state local legislature, and he was. An uh, yeah, I mean, he. That's kind of how he he, he got knock out a couple hood rats first, but he's been in the Senate since nineteen seventy three. Jeez. Okay, so. But you're right. You know, he did have to knock out some hood rats. And, you know, he, he was putting the pussy in the pedestal. But by 1973, <laughs> you know, he got it. Oh, yeah. Good man. Uh, before that, he was like a fourth district of Delaware Congress city council or some shit. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, this, I don't want to spend too much time it, talking we're about not. it. It doesn't matter because it's the that, only place that I've had like Scrapple at, and if you haven't had Scrapple, you don't know. Oh, uh, I like Scrapple. Well, on it. I, like I think Scrapple. the best thing is that this this episode won't cover the election once. Even the election's still uh, ongoing. We're not talking about it. Yeah. Just fuck it. I do yeah. Well, I think there's more important questions to address. Yeah, like what the fuck's up this monolith? <laughs> <laughs> did y'all so did y'all take a look at those articles what the fuck I did. yeah i've I been kind of tracking it, really it. Great that it was like it was actually pretty difficult for people to find and it took um quite a bit of it's like really good backpackers people that actually use compasses and shit yeah so because I, I guess, guess the it was bureau discovered of, the utah's like, utah's bureau of land management which was really confusing when you're reading this because it keeps saying blm and you're like, what? How did BLM find this? But it's Utah's Bureau of Land Management was flying over. And they're they were, looking. They're they're trying to find where the first black lives were, <laughs> so they could matter the most. There you go. <laughs> they, yeah, they were. Uh, they're up in the. They're up in their aircraft, and they were doing some kind of uh, wildlife management practice, or actually tracking down animals. And they saw this like giant shining metal something or other, and they landed, and there was this 
huge giant square monolith uh, that appeared. I think it was Monday is when it appeared. Well, it's not square, isn't it? More of like a almost like a it's rectangular, but it's like a mean, four by, like a four by four post. Yeah, it's like solid titanium or some shit. Oh, it was aluminum. So I found a couple. Uh, I found a couple Instagram oh. guys who went up there. They said it was non-ferrous. It's aluminum. Fourteen rivets on each side. There's two rivets missing on the top. The guy gave like directions on how to get out there too. Um, okay, so it's sloppily done, and so therefore it's definitely not aliens. Yeah, <laughs> um, they put yeah they found this thing, and then uh, today, yesterday, I can't remember when I put this it's up gone. there. It's yeah, it's gone. So eleven twenty eight. So as of yesterday, this article is saying it was gone, but I think they went back out. Yeah, I think they went back out Friday, and it was gone, and they wrote the article on Saturday, but it's gone. Okay, so Banksy is it Banksy? You think? No, God, no, no, no. Banksy doesn't do installation art. Yes, he does. Not like that. Not in the middle of Utah. He's not going to do it. Well, I Who's mean, Banksy I, and Banks and Banksy's not going to do it with missing rivets. Well, yeah, true. He would not be as sloppy either. Yeah, no. Oh, Aaron, you don't uh, know who Banksy guess, is. Like out where they are, like that's like fundamentalist Mormon territory. So it's probably some guy, just a bunch of wives and nothing. Else. Just trying to get away from them all, so he decided to rivet some aluminum out in the middle of nowhere. Wait, uh, Aaron, you you were asking who Banksy was? Did I hear that? Yeah, who's that? So yeah, who's, uh, who's Banksy? Um, Banksy, one of uh, Banksy's probably most famous art piece was a, graf- a piece of graffiti art, and I think it was in the London Underground. Is that right, uh, uh, Cody? Um, yeah, yeah, he does a lot of. But uh, it's the it's the girl like corporate satire art a lot of times. Yeah, so it's the girl in the skirt. Uh, so it's a black and white graffiti art. It's girl in skirt, skirt, and the she's the red the red heart balloon. Yeah, about that one? the red heart balloon. Right. So that's the that one's pretty good. Aaron, have you ever seen like the? Uh, it's like the uh, the mural where it's like a protester, and instead of throwing a malt of cocktail, he's got like a like a bouquet in his hand instead. Yeah, I've seen stuff like that. So yeah, that, that's so that, that's all. E- either you've seen a Banksy or you've seen like a derivative of a Banksy. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And then yeah. he so s- he started doing that, but then he also started doing like really weird installations. Like he would create like a really fucked up Disneyland type thing. So what's really cool about the monolith is that we still don't know how or why it got there there's speculation that it's supposed to be an artist right yeah but if you were the artist what why would you put a monolith in the middle of the desert that's really hard to get to where people like have to post coordinates to, i mean it's kind of cool how to get there it's kind of cool it, um, i think if they're the artist the first question is why are they listening to this podcast in well they get de- <laughs> the i mean well i've got questions about that too but um there's like an author I've never heard of this guy. He's like a small ta- small time author, I guess, or some shit. But in New Mexico, I believe that he had he set up a treasure hunt. Like all these clues were in his books, and so these people are obsessed to find his treasure. I, if I was prepared, I would have some background. But yeah, I mean, if this whole monolith thing was like a, supposed to be sort of like a treasure hunt, then I think that's cool. But otherwise, that it's just. Hunt. Is that the guy that was from New Mexico? He had like millions of dollars and he buried yes. it somewhere in the Rocky Mountain Range. Yes, that's exactly it. And people, oh, I do oh, remember. Yeah. I do remember that story. Reddit, looking for this shit. There's a yeah. big subreddit for it where people get really into it. They, I watched this great documentary on YouTube. It was either by Vox or by the Atlantic, and they basically got a couple of their um, their reporters to go out and do a story on it and then try to uncover the truth. 
It was really fun, really interesting. And, and this year, like someone claimed to have found it, and I think a, I think it was legit. But this is the first year because there's been other claims that people have found it, but this year someone for real found it apparently. Cool. But yeah, I mean, I so with this monolith, I think it would be cool if it was sort of a scavenger hunt, like. It was an inside joke that no one else is supposed to know about, and like just a few people are supposed to somehow find this monolith. And like, ah, oh, fuck, party's over. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else? Quick topics. Oh, quick topics. Uh, you guys pick. Either we can talk about on this day in history, or what's your favorite album of the year? I I, I mean I like we we could start off with both. So the. Your this day in history was uh, you got a note up here about the Beatles. I picked out the Beatles because it was the only thing that kind of grabbed my attention. Like I don't like the Beatles, so yeah. I'm so not. what don't you like about the Beatles? I'm not saying they're the best band ever because I don't believe that. But for someone to just be like, I don't like the Beatles. Are there Beatles songs you do like, or just straight up nothing by the Beatles? No, there's there's some Beatles songs that I do like. Come okay, together, I can respect that. So I do like that one. Um, I do like. There's a really great Gringo Star album I like to listen to. Did you just say Gringo um, Star? Ringo. Yeah. Ringo. Oh, okay. Gringo Star is a different band. That's oh shit. No, Ringo Star. Uh yeah. I like the sound of Gringo Star as a band. No, no, will... shit. It's George Harrison. Excuse me. It's a George Harrison album. Gringo Star is the name of a band. They're from Athens. They kind of do that alt country blues thing. Oh. That sounds cool. Yeah. They're yeah. They're fun. Okay, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm not a your favorite uh, album. I'm not a. I'm not a Beatles fan either. So, okay, so I'm there with you on that. Did you see anything else in there that that kind of captured your attention for the this day in history? That's November 29th for all you listening. There's uh, too much in there. Like as a history nerd, it's like I can't pick one thing without derailing this for an hour. So I just abstain. I'm I'm abstaining. That's that's totally respectable too. Like some of it was really good, and I was like, ah, you know, I think we can I just probably kept avoid rabbit hole and like what this happened and this happened, uh, this happened. Yeah, like so what, I was like, there's eh, one. It's I'm out. uranium uranium mine in East Germany explodes or something. Did you, did you catch that one? Yeah, I, it's not. I didn't see yeah. that one. Some Cold War stuff, dude. Huh? I didn't. Yeah, I didn't see that one. Yeah, the whole thing's just like, oh man, November 29th, a lot of shit going down. An Adele song hit platinum or something like that. It was like oh, an Adele album. That's yeah, that's what it was. So I mean, like we can talk about Adele probably a little bit more when we can talk about the Beatles around here, huh? No, definitely not. I couldn't speak to it. Oh man, Adele fucking slapped. Adele and then uh, fucks. so little, little Wayne, like uh, God, probably like seven years ago now, decided to rap off of the beat for Rolling the Deep, and it's pretty fucking fire too. Oh yeah, that sounds cool. He's like, he says, this shit magic, Stan Van Gundy. And that spoke to me. <laughs> okay. So I think this is a good segue. What What's your favorite album, if any at all? I've had a hard time listening to some music lately where it's like, it's kind of boring. I'm not getting a whole lot out of it. I'm not getting a lot of inspiration. What do you got? Um, My favorite album I brought the, this wait, year. Wait, wait. Oh, this year. Okay. Was uh, they re-released Tom Petty's Wildflowers on like a... Uh, you could get a three LP, or there's like a fucking five one. So I got the three, and yeah, the remaster of Wildflower is Wildflowers is fucking fantastic. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, American Aquarium's new one this year. 
and I'm sure I'm missing some shit. Um, if you want some good, just like white trash drinking music, Co Wetzel's new one's pretty good too. Always need some of that, dude. Gross. I like Co Wetzel. I know you do. I just. But I mean, I like. But I also I always root for the bad guy. For 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 me, in Texas country, I see Co Wetzel as like a Gronkowski and like Cody Johnson as a a JJ Watt. <laughs> And I fucking hate J.J. Watt because he's a nice guy, like too nice, and that makes me really suspicious. Oh, Jesus. It's like me and Russell Wilson. Yeah, Russell but Wilson you, yeah, but was oh, the guy so that ended my my marriage, right? I was going to say, but you didn't it's have the joke the, that we make. You didn't have like the Ru- whole, the whole uh, emotional connection to J.J. Watt that Aaron <laughs> does to Russell Wilson. <laughs> Wait, Russell Wilson ruined your marriage? No, no, it's a, it's a joke. I, okay. I found I out like, my I, I found I was like, out my I was like fuck my all these topics. Was having an affair at a at a Seahawks game at a dive bar in town, and it was like Russell Wilson gets into the pocket, coverage is there, makes the throw, makes the touchdown, and it's amazing. And I go to like hug my wife and like or my ex wife, excuse me, wow, and like high my five, wife. and she's like looking at this other dude, and I was like whoa. Wait, so you you're happy? You're gonna you're trying to celebrate with her, and she's just like I fucking someone in the bar. Oh yeah, the guy she was you, already banging. Oh god, like so. <laughs> and I had no idea. It was it came out like not long after. It was like it was it was really quick. Whew. But we're getting derailed. So I want like a special Aaron Aaron's divorce episode someday because this sounds interesting. <laughs> it's really not that good. Uh, and you can always you can always tell me when I'm stepping over the line. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's all good. I just, like, for sake of the podcast and what is really important, which is the news, we can we can skip over it or make jokes out of it, you know? Okay, well... Remember that time you were married, Tommy? Was your ex-wife Sarah Fuller? No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Oh, Vandy? Vanderbilt? Yeah, I thought it was a good segue. Yeah, Vandy. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to work on our segues. It is terrible. Hey, I'm getting better. Like you know, it's just trying to like I'm trying to also move it along while also derailing it from time to time. You know, yeah, and of that's course. that's totally fine. I'm into it. Uh, Sarah Fuller's cool. I think it's cool that she's playing college football, and she's an accomplished athlete in other facets too. Uh, I think she led Vandy to uh, a title and in, in soccer. Yeah, that's fucking yeah. Bad. So she's so, the, yeah, I mean, she's their catcher. Or she's their catcher. What the fuck am I talking about? She's their keeper. Goalie. So. Uh, <laughs> And okay. you, you actually get a lot of place kickers that do that. So, like, Georgetown's claim to fame is Mason Crosby, who's the who's the place kicker for uh, Green Bay. Is he still playing? Well, the Packers, for, uh, I don't know for a fact, but he's with the Packers for, God, yeah. I think 20 fucking so years. So, he was our— well, I mean, It he, totally makes sense to have a soccer player. Yeah, so he, he was our— Take time off from the season to go play football. Yeah. He, so, in— uh, he was our he was our keeper uh, for Georgetown High School, and he graduated what like oh two out of here, but I, th- I don't think even think he yeah. started kicking for us until like two thousand or two thousand one. But basically, the the soccer season and the football season in our high school didn't overlap at all. So they like oh we need a place kicker, and they moved him in there, and he was I mean through the uprights plus twenty yards on every kickoff gets a scholarship to Colorado, where. Catherine uh, Hnida played, uh, H-N-I-D-A, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Catherine Hnida uh, was actually the first. Is that first an old friend of your guys's? Mason Crosby? 
No, no, the uh, the Catherine. Catherine, no, she was kind of. She's not. She but was she was the, the first she, college female player. So she was the first. Yeah, she was the first uh, NCAA female football player, if I remember correctly. I don't think there was anybody oh, before okay. her. So the, okay, so so she played, right. and so it's kind of. She never started a game. She never actually got into the game, but she was rostered, which is why uh, Sarah Fuller's such a big deal because she actually played a down. Um, but Catherine Hinaito was played for Colorado. Um, however, her story turns pretty dark pretty quick, um, and I think it was in 01 or 02. Um, she basically accused a slew of men on the Colorado's uh, football team for sexual assault, and some of it was founded. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, she left Colorado and went to New Mexico, and she actually became the first division. So they're D1A. Uh, which means they're just a small D1 school, but she became the first D1A uh, player to score in a game. That is, all that is crazy. Yeah. Um, um, when I was in middle school, we had a, so I think when I was, okay, no, when I, my freshman year of high school, the middle school I'd went to had like some eighth grade girl who decided she wanted to play football and they let her play, which, I mean, that's pretty wild in Texas. Yeah, she walked. No, nobody batted an eye either. What's that? It was just it, it was just business as usual. Just this girl wants to play football. Oh no! I mean, I, she had like fight tooth and nail. I think her parents had to get involved. Like she used to live down the, like before my parents got married. We we lived in one neighborhood, then we moved, and she lived in my old neighborhood. Like we used to like ride the bus together in middle school. Oh wow! Oh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so, like you so, kind of like knew what's going on. Yeah, so like. Her parents got super involved, like, well, it's what she wants to do. And, yeah, I think – I don't – God, I don't think she was a uh, – I can't remember what the fuck she played. I think she might – they might have, like, let her try out a, like as a lineman or something for, like, B team. Nice. I don't, know. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. Uh, well, yeah, so I just so – I wanted... Sarah Fuller, she goes to play college football, and then uh, how does it go for her? Uh, so uh, I Vandy, think it's great that she got to play, but not, uh, Vandy how did it actually go? Vandy got their shit pushed in yesterday, forty-one nothing. Uh, they brought her in, I think, in and the then third. they shit-canned their coach today. Oh, so I, yeah, they 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 played Missouri, and Missouri is a pretty strong. Yeah, so they college football. They team. brought her in, I think, in the third or the fourth, um, and they brought her in to do a squib kick, and apparently it was a perfectly executed squib kick. Um, I watched, I was, I watched the beginning of the game, hoping that she would have the kickoff. I mean, I kind of flipped back and forth, but they didn't bring her in until the end. Um, but, yeah, she she did her kickoff, executed it perfectly, and then that was that. Good. Uh, so, uh, real quick, Catherine uh, Hnida, she she scored the first the Division One A points against Cody's alma mater when she kicked two extra points against Texas State University in yeah. uh, August 30th, 2003. I wasn't there then, but yeah. you know what? Good for her. Yep. Uh, and and for other kind of like off the cuff, off the cuff news, apparently uh, the president is still dragging his feet on uh, military funding over uh, renaming Confederate military bases. Did you guys catch that one? Yeah. Yes, uh, I've been following that uh, since they first introduced that, and then I've seen you know throughout the week like his he's just really clinging to he loves. Bases to be named after Confederates. Loves it. Yeah, because so that's for, weird. Have you seen like the, the thing where people talk about the hill they want to die on? 
It's like the hill I do not want to die on is defending Confederate generals. I I, I don't they, really understand. You know what I mean? Like I can't wait. To, like for me, it's for it's me, like, it's the hill that people want to die on when I go to work, and then still everybody defends him when I go. You realize he he is quite literally threatening our paychecks because they don't want to rename Fort Bragg. They're like, good for him. Do it. And then three months later, when you can't pay the bills and you piss and moan and bitch about the Senate, and we're like, well, that's not, that's not, no. <laughs> no, he's saying he, he will personally veto this bill if he doesn't get his way. And he, you continue to just, you know, God, I, I don't even want to say it. Well, yeah, you know what's nice about it's... what you're saying is that, like, ideology lasts so long until, um, you know, practicality kind of takes a turn and reminds you and hopefully at, at that juncture somebody would actually pay a little bit more attention but my suspicion is that's not going to happen i work with some really smart well, a while smart how people, many bases are named after confederate generals like in the first place why did anyone decide it's like oh yeah so here's a brand new base we're building in the 20th century let's name it after a confederate i don't think we've i mean we haven't had a new base built in god knows how long I don't know. Did they build? I don't think they build new bases. They just shut them down, right? Yeah, they just shut down all the old unused ones. Yeah. No, they 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 shut down the old unused ones. Um, and then they a good expand on would current be ones. like Cop Keating, which is the fire base in Afghanistan. I got overran, but it was named after the executive officer for their for their organization. Well, you look at the like second in command. You look at I like think uh, every sco- every, Casey every Hovey, like Red school Cloud. my dad went to during his career. That base is, I think, is shut down now. And like as a kid, we were sta- like we moved around in Germany from uh, Munich to Augsburg because the Munich base got shut down in like ninety. Aug- Augsburg is no longer there shit. either. What's that? It was Augsburg is no longer there either. Um, when I was living in Virginia, and it was about the history of Stonewall Jackson, the the Confederate general, um, which was just fantastic because it was a great story, but also because I was reading it while I was in Virginia. Um, but I was really surprised when I was in Virginia to find that there were still federal installations named after um, other Confederate generals like Fort Lee. I didn't <laughs> know that. F- I, I, correct me if I'm wrong. I went Fort to Fort Bragg Lee. That's Fort where I went Bragg to. Is. Fort Bragg is. Fort right. Hood is. Yeah. And and Benning? Uh, Benning, I don't know. I don't care enough because I'm never going to go there. Yeah, so like U.S. Nope, generals right of the school, past – Nobody that I've ever looked up to uh, in in contemporary terms. It's like uh, when I think about who I look up to, I look up to guys like Medal of Honor recipient Leroy Petroy or Petrie. Um, oh, they named a dish after him. That? What's that? They named a dish after him. The Petrie dish, right? The Petrie dish. <laughs> That's Petri a really dish. bad joke, but yes. <laughs> Probably because he's dead. <laughs> they have like an honorary street named him after him around here because he lives in the area, and it's like Petrie Way or something like that. It, and it's it's not even two blocks long, and it's in a pretty bougie part of town too. We need like oh, a Fort Rest- we need like Fort Restrepo and Fort Petrie and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean uh, they, they've ben, uh, they've talked Benavides, about renaming Fort Hood after uh, that like master sergeant from Vietnam with. Like twenty nine Purple Hearts and a fucking Medal of Honor of some Special Forces sergeant. Benavides, that's Benavides. That's about. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where the fuck is? I think that'd be where that'd the fuck is uh, Fort Murphy. 
Why not? Like, or uh, maybe Naval Base Murphy. How about Yeah, I was going to oh, say, like, you Audi like Murphy. Murph Murphy? Audi, Mur- Audi Murphy. I'm talking about Audi Murphy. The Na- oh, Audi okay. Murphy. Well, there's yeah. The oh, other, yeah, yeah. He is a Texan. Guy. Yeah, he's out of Farmersville, the, the, and he's the most decorated decorated soldier in United States Army history. Okay, right, he, qu- quick poll. sergeant. So. Quick poll. Well, he, he got out as a major, I think. Blue-collar lurker. Yeah. Worker. Do you feel like he was probably an asshole? No, 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 no. no. You I, think that Gotti Murphy was like a really nice guy? I yeah. read his I read his memoirs when uh, when I was at that last school I was at, and he seemed pretty down to earth for you know the thirties, forties. And he's like what five three or something like that? Yeah, he's a tiny guy. He's like five six, five he's seven. A little guy. Yeah, yeah. Scrappy. Cool. Should uh. Well, there it is. Well, let's get into the meat what? and potatoes. Actual, actual news. So earlier this week, um, there was an Iranian nuclear scientist, uh, Iranian nuclear scientist that was assassinated in Tehran. Um, now, this comes on the heels of Iranian sanctions back in, correct me if I'm wrong, 2015, which the Trump administration basically did away with in 2018. Am I correct? Yeah, you're talking yeah. about the uh, the the uh, nuclear deal. Yeah, the nuclear nonproliferation, right? Yeah, it was non uh, nuclear nonproliferation, but actually the deal was made between Iran and the European Union. So, okay, um, but it really just kind of said that, hey, you're not going to do these things, and um, because you're not going to do these things, this is what you get from the European Union. Uh, European Union. Okay. Um, now this is like the so third or fourth uh, nuclear scientist who has been quote unquote assassinated. Now this one is like actual assassination. I think some of the other ones are kind of questionable. This is like the second one in a month or so that's been essentially motorcycle drives up to a soft target, lights him up, cruises away, and I, I, I at this point we're assuming it's uh, Israeli Mazad. So it's the first nuclear scientist that I've heard about, but it's definitely not the first uh, Iranian to be assassinated. Yeah, um, you're right. I can right. think of a few to name off the top of my hand is uh, the intelligence chief, so the head of basically Iranian CIA, Soleimani. Is, we got him in Iraq. Like he flew just, into it Iraq just this year. Actually, we smoked Iraq. him. I pretty was yeah. it Americans? I'm pretty sure Americans. Yeah, we. Him I think we got airfield. Him. Yeah, we got him. It was the U.S. Yeah, we we smoked his ass. I guess with the as a drone strike. Mm-hmm. It was a drone strike, and it, yeah. it was. Uh, we, we can brag about all all we want, but really, it still came at. Th- it it still was an operation that. Um, it's ballsy. Intelligence officials were not turned on about, but Soleimani was a a great target for uh, Donald Trump. Yeah, I mean, sometimes for it kind of seems like. Presidents get reelected based off of who they kill. In 03, Bush got not only a toppled Taliban in 2002, but in 03, he got uh, Saddam Hussein and then Barack Obama right before uh, election season got bin Laden. Uh, that was in and April of that was, that was in April that was of in 2011 because uh, I was, was in May 2011. I was May. I was in basic training when it happened. I was in right. Well, I was at Fort Benning. Yeah. So, oh, that's right. So yeah, you were at OCS. That, like, sometimes sometimes it, it, it kind of seems like there's a correlation between who we who we get rid of and in election season. Soleimani was a big ticket item. Um, he should have waited until October. In the last, well, I don't think Soleimani would have made a difference. He, nobody knew who Soleimani was until it said, 
U.S. drone strike kills top Iranian intelligence chief in Iraq, uh, drone strike, whatever. But, you know, fast forward several months, now we have Mossad getting a guy earlier this month in Tehran, and then the nuclear scientist, and I'm going to muck this one up, so if you guys know, help me out. It's uh, Fak Rizadeh. Yeah, I mean, you're oh, that's, uh, that's rough. Your your pronunciation is going to smile on that one, and that I yeah. don't mean any disrespect there. Mosin, uh, so is it? But, I'm guessing uh, it's a Western Mosin? diplomat told, uh, basically told the AP that he was the um, he would be known as the father of the Iranian bomb. So and Iran was kind of selling the story that oh no, he's just a esteemed professor here. <laughs> oh yeah, he he dabbles. He dabbles in the lab after so, hours. Yeah, Iran's not developing a nuclear bomb. Iran's basically saying that they're using um, they're using the enrichment process. So, I think it's important to clarify for our users uh, or for our listeners, for our users, um, what we mean when we talk about a nuclear scientist. So, um, basically, there are only a select number of countries within the world that either have the science or have the industry to be able to enrich um, enrich. Uh, oh, got uranium to the point of weaponizing it. So, um, and Iran is working on the technology, and because of sanctions that have been put in place, and because of non-proliferation agreements between um, other countries, that we will not give them, you know, this cog and this widget and this, this, and this to be able to allow them to enrich uranium. Um, it's slowly. It, I mean, it's slowed down their process quite a bit. And so when they have these nuclear scientists assassinated, that's basically what they're doing is they're setting back this enrichment process. Now, Iran is saying that they're using it for peaceful means, which I'm, I'm guessing energy. that they're— Energy. Yeah, they, yeah. Want to, they want everybody to think that they're using it for energy. However, Israel's up in arms because Israel fully believes that they're going to use this as, um, as, a, war, um, as a war effort. And then you have, of course, the United States, Russia— um, China, uh, who else has got nuclear weapons uh, that I can think of? France, off the top of India, India, Pakistan. Pakistan. Yeah, um, Israel does have them, but it's like off the books type shit. So that's just How to kind of put it in. The books, wow. Well, uh, it's, uh, so it's like an. So they don't officially have them, but everybody knows they have them. Yeah, like okay, a Google search okay. would tell you they have them, and it's just like it's not listed. Okay. What do you make of oh the Iran UK has them too enriching uh, enrichment? What do you make of that? Is that is that something that you care about? I remember it was in the headlines some years ago, but I kind well, of that's what made like, them part of the axis of evil. Essentially, back in Bush days, was there's they're suspecting they're already a uh, state sponsor of terror with uh, funding of Hezbollah, at least if not Hamas, but definitely Hezbollah. In Syria, Lebanon, all that, and um, they've been suspected of trying to develop a nuclear weapon for a long time. Um, with nuclear weapons, just based on how everyone else acts with them, uh, essentially, I think it's just the development of them tends to not lead to war. Uh, we always assume it does, but it has not in the history of man, except for U.S.'s, our the United States of America, our use of them in against Japan. If anything, I feel like most countries work towards them as a deterrent. Like, once we have a nuke, you're not really going to fuck with us too much. 
Say that's how it seems. About nuclear bombs, but yeah, but our stockpile of one thing. Our stockpile of nuclear Godzilla. <laughs> God damn it. Duke's is how you get a Godzilla. I mean, I agree. Uh, well, so like we're gonna we're gonna get a Godzilla off of uh, that fucking reactor that nuked itself in Japan. Was that ten years ago? Fukushima. Fukushima. Yeah. So right. that was in Matthew Broderick shows up to Fukushima. That was in and the lizards now can spit fire. That was yeah, in Brian Cranston's gonna solve it. That was or Cranston. So Fukushima was in 2011 because I was sitting in Fort Lee when that. happened. When that happened, yeah, so that was close. All right, about so, about ten years. Ago. So we talk oh, about so it was a big year then, huh? Yeah. So we talk. So do about, you guys feel that on, Iran oh. actually is a threat to the rest of the world, or is this just one of the few remaining boogeymen that exist? Well, I mean, I don't. I think if they enrich anything, it's not going to matter. Because let's go by off the top of your head, how many nuclear weapons do you? So I'm looking at the world's nuclear arsenal as of May of 2019. How many does Russia have? Either one of five thousand. Throw up a guess. Five thousand. Aaron. It would be in the thousands. I couldn't tell you what. All right, so they have six. I know they we, have sixty five hundred. We've dropped. Sixty five hundred. Okay. They have sixty five hundred. How much? How many does USA have? Ten thousand. Forty five thousand. Sixty one eighty five is what I'm looking at right ah, here. Damn, I was way higher. All right, so I just the didn't know that they had public records of that kind of arsenal. Like, S- yeah, doesn't so that kind of strike you too, where it's like. That's that's kind of what I'm getting at, right? So France, I still France think is in third there's place. On books and off books numbers. Yeah, I I firmly believe there's on and off books. So France is in third place with 300. China is in fourth with 290. UK at 215. Pakistan at 150. India at 140. Israel at 80. And North Korea is wow. At, I, they have 80. I thought they only had like six. North Korea has them. Shit. North Korea is at 30. So do I really care that? So let's put let's put. Um, Iran in the same group as North Korea. Now, we know North Korea has the enrichment process. We know they have the ability to do it. But do you watch their missile launches? Like, am I really that worried about it? I feel like they're going to bomb themselves. Well, with Iran, they actually get more support from Russia and China than North Korea would. Um, Because that's the whole thing with the proliferation is, so like Pakistan... All their shit came from Russian scientists after the Cold War ended. Okay. Well, you so Russians, point right there. Is there, Russians there inadvertently is are the exporters of knowledge um, of this shit. What, uh, what you're talking about is not just uh, partnerships through nuclear development, but it's also economic with the new Silk Road Initiative uh, by China, which is basically to connect seaports from China through... Um, the Middle East and then into the into Africa. Hemisphere. That's been a uh, China has been huge on uh, investing and uh, developing like you know huge swaths of Africa. Like there's a ton of Chinese there now. Uh, I, but, but are that's they? A whole di- that's a whole different topic. <laughs> are they? Are they develop? Yeah, that's that's a whole nother. Well, so worms. but it kind of goes back to what we were talking about last week, and I can see China doing that. Because there is such a huge amount of natural resources in Africa needed for technology, so that oh, kind of yeah. go, that goes into like your lithium stuff. That goes into um, all your um, all your natural resources you need to gain foothold in uh, technology and basically oust uh, South Korea. And if uh, if China's investment in Africa actually. 
it betters that consonant, then yeah, but it's not. I guess sh- because sh- shame China, on us. China wouldn't shame be on us for be. not being the good guys there and following old colonial rules, whereas China's willing to make them better. Possibly bet could make them better partners. I don't know any of that shit, but well, were China to actually go into Africa and make it a better economic future for them versus the uh, kind of Western idea of just using Africa as a place to strip resources, then fuck us for not for not doing that in the first place. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's not China is not the country to to better anybody they, I would, go, they are going uh, in there I'm, they're going in there and we talked we touched on it briefly last week but if they're going in there for lithium mining they're destroying everything and the, the yeah the, i'm really just spitballing like if they were to go in there and actually like do the right thing versus the western colonial method then good for them but i mean i got my doubts they do like you just said yeah and i don't think that i don't think that i mean and aaron correct me if i'm wrong i don't think that once Iran comes up with a new enrichment technique or hell, maybe they're still working on a, a proven one and they're just trying to get that process. But if they come up with a new cleaner enrichment technique, which whatever the case may be, I don't think Iran's going to be the one that uses this for, for world uh, one, either economic benefit or uh, sustainable power benefit. I don't think that that's the country that's going to do it. Iran suffers from a couple things, and in, in one, it's outside pressure with legal sanctions. The second well, stop thing funding Hezbollah. Really, go ahead. I said stop funding Hezbollah, and that's how you s- stop getting sanctions. Among other things, but, I mean, like, there, there are legitimate reasons for Iran to kind of basically act like a dick and stir up trouble. Yeah. And it's a lot more complicated than, than me just saying those freaking people like I did a few weeks ago, but <laughs> basically like Iran's There's suffering not just from there. sanctions, but they have their own economic depression that's going on. They have their own grassroots movements that are, that are being started that kind of say, Hey, th- if this is the system, the system doesn't work and we're not being supported. So Iran does have agency I think that it is possible that they could enrich uranium for purposes to to basically sustain their economy um, and and control inflation. Um, So there is opportunity. The problem is is there's not a lot of Islamic nations that have access to a big nuclear arsenal. So it just makes everybody else makes everybody else's pee pee small. Well, I mean, a rumor that I was don't floating care. around, we a rumor that had been floating right? around a few years ago was if Iran was to develop the nuclear weapon, then we would shadow, uh, what's it like for, we would shadow build that program for Saudi Arabia, which would be, in my opinion, a fucking terrible idea. So you're saying that we would, in, in response to Iranian enrichment, the United States government would contemplate funding... We we would do for Saudi Arabia we were, what we did in Cuba, Venezuela, and, and install what we need in there. No, 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 not put in not Cuban Missile Crisis that bitch. I'm talking like go in there and develop an actual program where we'd allow the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia to enrich their own. Yeah, but Saudi Arabia is such and a develop their and develop their own. The, so, Saudi Arabia is such a. I mean, they're such a rich nation. Um, but we'd be providing the uh, just the science behind it. 
the science, the the people to walk them through that type of thing. Okay. They don't necessarily have that. I mean, they could buy that, but because there's all these established norms, they have not and they cannot so far. But if they really put their minds to it, I'm assuming they could shadow build their own fucking program. Um, yeah, I mean, United States funding, that, that does a lot, especially if you're backing. Well, essentially, it'd be backing, like, all right, well, uh, you know, here's the cookbook. Uh, here is... Uh, Here's wow. Franz Ferdinand here. He's going to fucking walk you through it. Yeah. The, the the alternative band from the 2000s? No, Franz No, no, the, Ar- the Archduke of <laughs> yeah. Austria, actually. Okay, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Got that's, it. That's the first name that came. I don't know why. That was the first name that came to my head. Franz Ferdinand. I don't know. But, I mean, that yeah, that was, a, that was an idea floated that I'd seen somewhere. It's like, if Iran were to uh, develop a capability, we would essentially back Saudi Arabia in their pers- like in just like hey you should build one too and yeah that would be bad i mean if they're going to like fucking take take chainsaws to a journalist imagine what they're going to do with nuclear weapons jesus oh yeah uh, so quick spin off of that did you see i believe the law passed today in france um uh, have y'all been oh, what happened in france have y'all not been keeping up with the rights that have been going on for the past uh, couple days over in france Paris is burning right I've now. Got Al Jazeera uh, on. Al Jazeera is covering. No, right I now. knew they're they're struggling with the cartoon stuff a few weeks ago. What's so going on? So Paris is burning right now. Um, they, God damn it. yeah, it it's would a have beautiful been a city. So it, oh God, the people there are dicks. Um, I'm sorry for any Parisians yeah. out there. I've, I've, I'm not a fan of it. Um, but if they you, are, they're certainly nicer in Germany and Belgium yes. and Italy, <laughs> for that matter. Um, so they're. Part of one of the laws that was just um, that was just enacted today, and I may have misread the article, but it sounded like it went into effect today, or maybe it goes into tomorrow. Um, but the you can no longer film police doing oh. police actions, and then the police don't like that, and then the police can decide who and who is not a journalist in the midst of action. Oh, I don't That's like any of that. way too much latitude for a cop to have. Yeah, so this is... I've watched movies where cops take don't drugs like that. and beat people up. We won't we won't cover it this week. I don't want to get too into it this week, um, especially because okay. we're not... I don't know how I even got on this. How do we just talk about that? Um, I don't know. I'm going as record as I don't want American law enforcement to be like, we want that too, because... <laughs> Fuck that shit. Yeah, I forget how we, how we got there. We won't talk about it this week, but thoughts for next week, because uh, this is something we need to follow. And for our listeners, um, y'all need to check this out, too. This is huge um, on the international scale. Now, if I can only remember how I got there, because it came off of a point that you were making. And, that- and I'll just close that Iran real quick. Iran uh, requires a lot of um, intelligentsia, basically academic research. The situation is fluid. But there is a lot of evidence to suggest that things like assassinations and turmoil happen at intervals. Everybody kind of pumps their chest up like they want to get into a big old fight, but it never really kind of goes anywhere. So this is not necessarily business as usual. It just happens to be kind of a complicated and tenuous situation where we don't know what the next steps are. And this is really more so relevant when we put it into context that Israeli intelligence is still conducting 
targeted killings even within uh, the state of Iran. Yeah, um, and that's a good point because the big, you know, and all the articles that we're reading, the big um, skepticism seems to be coming. Uh, well, obviously, the skepticism is coming out of Iran about who did this, but everything seems to point to Israel on this. Um, and I don't know if it's a proximity issue. Um, I don't know if it's a defense issue for defense of the Israeli homeland um, at this point, or if it's just a we're going to continue to do this until you honor this non-proliferation, which you signed five years ago kind of thing. I can I can talk a little bit about that and, and just stop me if, if you need me to. But basically, Mossad had been granted the mission of conducting intelligence um, shortly after Israel becomes a, a state. But basically, they will use any means necessary in order to infiltrate and conduct operations and that does include targeting killings um Mossad is probably the best organization uh in that has conducted targeted killing operations assassinations in the last 40 years okay Okay. on that note aaron jm yep next weekend let's do a live watch of munich so just we can watch Mossad guys just fucking Killing Daniel Craig's in it. I love terrorists it. all over the fucking world. I love watching that movie. I've Kieran not seen Hines. it in like twelve fucking years, but I want I want to watch Massad so bad now. <laughs> or not Massad, uh, Munich. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Spielberg movie. Just really Eric. Like just Eric Bana. Just going around town, fucking murdering people and being really upset on his boat. That's all I remember. <laughs> I I I think my girlfriend first saw it and she like was like. She rolled over because she thought it was going to be an action movie, but it was Eric Bana having sex with his pregnant wife. And she's like, what the fuck are we watching? <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Hey. Like, oh, you're not in the mood for It's okay to have sex with your pregnant wife. Pregnant sex. Uh, grow up, Marissa. No. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, okay. Well, that's, uh, yeah, that's, a good, that's a good conversation. Uh, definitely need to follow this and see what comes out of this. Uh, but I think we've kind of... Once I made the jump to Paris, I think we kind of we lost we lost focus on it. But you know, it's it's good. It's a good light to shed on a continued, especially with the way the news cycle is right now, on continued issues in the Middle East that are not Afghanistan, that are not um, that are not a Syrian refugee crisis. Which haven't heard anything about that in a while, so probably need to dig into that. But something that does actually have um, some pretty big international reach. Um, pretty much an all international episode this week. So let's move on to um, let's. Would you say the Australians have been overreaching Afghanistan? <laughs> see, they've been doing something in Afghanistan. Uh, something we don't want to talk see, about. See, I was trying to. I was, was trying good. to do. A, I was, was trying good. to do a really good segue, and Cody just introed the shit out of that one. Um. <laughs> oh come on, that mine was golden. <laughs> so. Um, Last week, uh, last week, a report was released by um, Australian, I believe it was uh, defense, their defense ministry. Um, this has been brewing f- all of 2020. Like I've seen stuff throughout the year, like uh, insinuations of what the Australian special forces has been up to. Yeah. So and I can't remember what ministry did it, what department. I th- it says the ICC, uh, but that's the international the ADF, which is just the defense force, yes. which is their version of the DOD. Okay. So they released a, they released a report last, uh, last week, which found that, um, 
that there were 39 basically war crimes committed uh, by Australian special operations groups. Now, this is not um, the what we are talking about is not the Australian SAS. This is a group of Australian commandos who are completely different. Um, there is an issue with the SAS. These are completely yeah. they're these are completely different than what we're going to talk about. And I, you know, I I did mention that the report came out last week. The reason that we're talking about it this week is because action has been taken on it. Um, so basically, the as Aaron had said, the Australian Defence Forces have put out a dismissal to thirteen special operator or special operation soldiers over there, or the special forces soldiers, however you want to call them. I prefer to say special operation soldiers because you don't know exactly what context they're in, um, and that their dismissal is basically pending on this uh, for the murder of thirty nine Afghan uh, civilians and prisoners. Um, Aaron, I mean. Kind that, of your... that is a big deal. Imagine the time and money and resources invested in just a single special forces operator, I guess I'll call them, or soldiers, if that's the preferred term here. Like, just the amount of time, money, and resources in these 13 guys, and then, you know, let them go. That It's a big deal. Now, I know it's Aaron's a got some... organization. Yeah, Aaron's got Go a Aaron's got some connections to um, Australian service members. If I'm not mistaken, you got a few buddies that were Australian service members, right? Still do. Um, they're very, very, very professional. Now, um, they now were they operational or very close to themselves? Were they operational? That, were they operational or were they um, just your your standard run of the mill guys? I don't know if I want to answer that. <laughs> they're Australian Army. I I don't know anymore. Okay. I don't know. In what capacity? Yeah, I'm not asking you to dive um, anybody out. At I'd, the time, were they special forces or were they not? Or is that what you're not answering? <laughs> That's what I'm not answering. Oh, okay. And I, I think I just just to give them some privacy. Okay, yeah. I, I, I mean, we're not, I'm not going to ask their, their names privacy. or anything like but that. But what I would say is is their ethos, the thing that they live by, is is rather honorable, and I never really saw – that sort of behavior come out of them where it was basically an initiation into the unit was to just kill people. That's not anything that they talked about. One thing that uh, my friend did talk about is he said, uh, look, my combat's fun. Combat's a lot of fun. The problem I, I have with combat is people that look for it. I just mm, don't trust yeah. them. It's always really difficult. And I, he said that and it was it was really kind of eye opening because there is uh, a strong culture in the military to sort of like hero worship, gun worship. Um, the military war machine has been proven in academia to draw people from all sort of walks of life, and it's not necessarily a good thing. Top Gun, right? Um, but what they were saying was is that the military service is regarded very highly that it is an honorable thing to do. Um, they had a very balanced political objective. They just, they wanted to do things the right way. That's the sense that they gave me. And it happened around the same time that sexual harassment in military services, Vanessa Guillen, becomes like a really more prominent thing in the last five or 10 years. And the head of the Australian Defense Force, maybe it was the Army, basically comes out in a televised statement. He says, you know, if you are committing acts of violence against other soldiers, I do not want you in this military service. And I, it was 
really poignant, really direct. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's re- that's really good because you look at um, you look at some of the stuff that the United States military has been um, been involved in in the public light. So um, let's just start with Gitmo. Uh, start at Guantanamo Bay, and then we can move over Abu Ghraib. Move over to Abu Ghraib, and then. And wow, then yeah. you move over to atrocities. You know, uh, we call them green on green, uh, but basically it's your it's your fratricide stuff. People rolling grenades into tents, um, or the Pat Tillman incident. Pat Tillman. You have um, you have mm-hmm. Nadal Hassan up here at Fort Hood. Yeah. Um, oh God. There's you know, and there's lots of the United States is kind of because we are like the forebears of this war. We are the ones that effectively pressured everybody into it we are the we we own this conflict effectively it is our conflict and we've asked our best friends to come along and and um and so you i think we're you know, the, we're the our ones best who... friends agree to go because it's good for it it's fucked up to say this but it's good for their militaries to enter conflicts because they can figure out their capabilities yeah it is and, and it show it's a show of force um but this all comes on the heels of uh, Eddie Gallagher, right? So Gallagher was 2019 convicted. So just last year, you have a naval. Um, well, but he was pardoned. So. <laughs> oh, in a bizarre series of legalese, he he was pardoned. Like there was another <laughs> Trump Navy that basically came out and was like, "Oh yeah, I did this." Gallagher had nothing to do. Oh with yeah, it. something really weird about that. And you so could tell the total fabrication. Oh yeah, it was it was so, total. Yeah, imagine how. Ahead, James. Yeah, the um. So the the nation, the United States, got so divided on one man whose entire team turns him in. But you're looking at we go back to the Australian these elite forces these special operations groups, uh, and it may have been a group, it may have been several groups, but we know it's at least thirteen soldiers, um, and it's probably a at least one team, if not one uh, one unit with multiple teams that this occurred with, because you generally tend to see that kind of behavior within a unit not spread across stuff yeah uh, it, it becomes a, it comes that unit's culture yeah so before before these um what do you call it before this report was even released the amount of the amount of evidence gathered before that like they did their homework so the report which um which started in 2016 if i'm reading this correctly yeah um, so it goes back to incidents between 2005 and 2016. They're talking an 11 year span. The span. The guy uh, Br- uh, Brereton. Uh, he's the investigating officer on this. 20,000 documents, 25,000 images, and 423 witnesses. Did you watch Oof. the video that was associated with the article? They had this video where they had guys conducting raids and. We conducted raids, but nothing like where we were just walking up to children and basically kind of slapping them around. Yeah, the Geneva's convention, the Geneva Conventions are there for a reason. We have rules of force. We have rules of escalation. Um, and, you know, it's, w- when you start talking about clandestine groups and operations, then, y- you know, we kind of accept us as the general populace you know we we want to eat our omelet we just don't want to see how the eggs are broken and how it's made right uh look at stuff like uh the soleimani you look at um you look at bin laden and stuff like that and we hey it's good to it's good that we got it we just don't want to know how it's how it's done and then when stuff that is 
brought to light. Now, I'm not by no means am I giving these guys a pass, but when stuff is brought to light and now it's in public view and they're going, oh, that's how it's done. No, we don't want to be a part of that. Yeah, I mean, you bring a really great point because all this kind of goes into that whole uh, a few good men shit. Like you can't, you want me on that wall type shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. But also, what what we're talking about is it's not just you want me on that wall, but it's widespread. When you're talking about what was the what was the number of people that are getting notices from the ADF? So how many soldiers? There was thirteen special. There's thirteen special operations soldiers. that are there's 13 special operations soldiers right now that have been notified but and this, two have already been relieved but this is not um this is not the this is only the one unit these are separate from there are 19 SAS uh troops who are also facing prosecution now uh SAS is special air services um they get their name from the uh, from the British special forces but that's what it is. Also, so you have also bad motherfuckers. Yeah. yeah. So you have thirteen. You have thirteen Australian uh, special forces, special operations soldiers, whatever you want to call them. And the article, the report that we're talking about, that have already been these thirteen have already been notified of dismissal, uh, of likely dismissal. This is separate from another nineteen SAS uh, troops. So we can infer that there's just been widespread culture of. This is what's acceptable in our organization, not just our, our fire team or our platoon, but our organization as a whole. And that, that right there was a little shocking, but I think that war has a profound impact on what you can do and that people granted that much latitude, that much budget. I think that it could definitely turn things into something that we don't want it to. So so you've got guys in the prime of their life doing the missions that they've trained to do, being successful at it, but also encountering some of the most dangerous people that they've ever had to encounter. So on one hand, it, it surprises me. On the other, I don't find it so surprising. Yeah, I mean, it, like you had mentioned earlier, like they, uh, some of those guys said, like, hey, combat is fun um my i'll call it relative to muddy the water my relative's husband so uh, you know we're in the car he's visiting us for like thanksgiving he's like he had been in the marines first and then he went into uh join the army special forces and he's like no killing people is fun it's a great time (laughs) i was like (laughs) it's kind of like oh shit well uh there's the uh yeah, it's an interesting conversation to have with someone, but like, but it's that same. It takes that certain type to even want to go do any sort of special operations. Like you've got to, the, there's no squeamishness, and you've got to have some little twist in your personality that like, can make that fun, for lack of better terms. Because those those are his words. Well, I think that there is something interesting about it, having only been in combat though maybe two times you can i can see it being fun where it's like we're managing different facets of chaos timing troop movements communications in that aspect i could see it being fun because i mean you are you out there doing and it's can, the like, ultimate test it of evolve hu- yeah. the human condition it is you know it is you fighting for you know you know sometimes lesser or greater degrees your own life 
And uh, yeah, I think that's kind of uh, the pinnacle that can often be seen as the pinnacle of putting yourself to uh, that old caveman brain. Well, I think this gives a uh, so stuff like this gives a very slanted view of of any military force and not not just the United States, uh, but gives a very slanted view of the military because what it does is it brings to light the as we call them, the, your door kickers. These are the guys that are actually out there on the front lines and putting, you know, um, and doing doing infantry ch- infantry operations, right? But that's not that's not the bulk of your military. In any military, you're no the bulk of your military. You got wrench turners. You've got water Everybody's carriers. <laughs> you got no, you, 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 you have finance right. guys. Everybody is complicit. So you, these crimes. so you have your, I mean, you have, you have aviation guys like me who are dropping these guys off. You have your signal guys, you have your intelligence guys, you have everybody. And, you know, and the special operations community is a whole different community. These are completely separate, separate from the infantry guys. Um, your standard enlisted infantry soldier is not doing what these guys are doing 90% of the time. Now, are they going to go out on submissions? Are they going to are they going to help them out? Are they going to pull QRF or something like that? Absolutely. But when you see an elite group like this who is basically, I'm not going to say given free reign, but they are a little bit. They are we given, can call it latitude. They I are think gi- latitude's a good way to describe that's these perfect. are the limits on which you can hang yourself. Yeah. They're and given a, what they a lot of latitude and you know, it's the old saying is, you know, how much rope do you give somebody? Well, you give them enough just or give them just enough to hang themselves with, and that's exactly what they did. They were given a set mission and they did the mission, and whether they did it well or didn't do it well is now completely overshadowed by all this dumb shit that they did that is just so excessive. Well, what I think James is trying to get at is these men could not carry out war crimes if he wasn't giving them rides. So, <laughs> JM's a war criminal. Fuck your taxi service. Yeah. <laughs> I just I, I just want... That's going to be hashtagged for this one. JM's a war criminal. So, <laughs> th- this is going to be another really good one to follow. I don't know how much news we're actually going to get out of this. Now, I'm a- I am going to be very interested to see what happens with the SAS, with the 19 SAS uh, troops. And see sure. where that comes about, you know. Yeah, for sure. So you know, we'll probably check on them as the as time goes by. Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully we don't have to. Hopefully, they get arraigned, um, and then they can go back to being the honorable service that we all thought that they were. I hope you know with I, funny accents. I hope that they. I hope that the, I hope they get hammered. Honestly, I like. I hope they get hammered. One because it's not the United States. And because you want to see a country with such honorable service members, you know, the British are known for it, the French are known for it, the the Australians are damn sure known for it, and all these, all these countries that we dragged into our war that have just done great things by our side. And I hope mm-hmm. that these, I hope that these guys just get hammered, and Australia says no, unacceptable, not allowed, never going to happen again. We apologize to the inter- international community. Here we're hanging these guys by their toenails out for the world to see because that is not what we do. Yeah, that's yeah, not who we are, and we are going to be open, transparent, and show you how we're going to correct this. How absolutely. we're going to be white hats again. We're no more black hats. We're white hats again. 
Yeah. Uh, they have a tremendous warrior culture and shame to see it. Uh, yeah, the Australians were some of the yeah. baddest motherfuckers alive in the Vietnam Gallipoli, War. Gallipoli, dude. The, nor- they the broke northern Viet- on Gallipoli. The northern Vietnamese were terrified of the Australian forces. Yeah, they, they have so, a really I mean, proud history. It, you know, if it wasn't for another those, time when we they really another do, war uh, where we brought in our best Anzac friends Day, to fight for us. Anzac Day is a day where if you're like military affiliated, it's normal for you to be dragging your buddy by your buddy's ankle. And you're like, "Come on, Mike, you're gonna drink another beer." <laughs> it's Anzac. Hey, Day. mate, Fucka. we're drinking beers here. Not damn, that's not Anzac, right. Anzac, Yeah, I mean. <laughs> It's not like they're out there fighting. Who did we offend with that one? It's the only day when Australians, New Zealanders like each other. Yeah, it's not like they're out there fighting a bunch of <laughs> emus and getting their shit pushed in, right? They're actually fighting other humans, and they stand a chance. Yeah, the the, the emus will fuck you up. <laughs> All right, so um, let's let's get to our last topic now. This topic is going to be a little hefty. I think we're this is going to make the segment kind of long right here, but we're doing a callback. We're doing a callback right here. So uh, a couple weeks ago when Cody was out celebrating his second wedding anniversary, Aaron and I did a fun little story about a COVID-19 outbreak in the Danish mink community. Now, jokingly, Cody put up a uh, a link in our group chat um, and about the Danish prime minister has been called for, basically he was called for resignation, the... Uh, for the culling of like 15 million mink or whatever it was. Um, but this story has blown up. Uh, it has really it's in, gotten legs. <laughs> it's, it's, there's a lot more going on here than I ever would have thought mink and COVID. Uh, yeah, so I wasn't around for the first time, and it's it's interesting. So the background here is... Few so coronavirus has killed. Uh, hold on, that's the U.S. Yeah. So no, we're and we're in gonna touch Denmark. On, it's going to touch on the U.S. We will. Yeah. So in Denmark, we have had to, or they have had to, uh, just fucking holocaust all of these minks because Denmark is the greatest producer of mink, uh, pelts in the European Union, and all that comes from minks, and pretty disturbing. I had no idea. Uh, you know, uh, I've never been anti-fur in my life, but uh, after reading this shit, I'm a little like off-put by fur, certainly. I didn't realize there's just farms of mink that they're just like fucking slaughtering to make fur coats and shit. I had no idea that was still Well, a I thing. mean, that's like... And it's really too bad because so, minks are really... They're cute. cute. That's like... Cr- yeah, it's... I mean, yeah. it's like <laughs> South Korea. I was talking to my wife about this earlier. She's like, yeah, I've been looking at that on the Daily Mail, and minks are really cute, so we're an anti-fur family now. I'm like, okay, I think I can abide by that. That's but, fine. I don't well, have I any have reason to buy fur if, uh, anything. She thought that uh, mink would go on sale because she would be interested. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I'm, like, we, we, we talked I, on the I respect phone that. Today, I respect like, that. She was like, oh, so you got the podcast? I was like, yeah, I got the podcast. I don't have to apologize for saying anything stupid from last week. And then she was like, oh, yeah, that thing about the fancy rats. Do you think Mink is on sale? Oh, that's <laughs> wonderful. Did you find out? Did, did y'all look great. up any Black Friday sales for Mink? Oh, for, she for sure wants like a fucking Mink felt hat. Oh, yeah. You, she, needs a, she needs a Mink hat, Aaron. <laughs> you need to find Just her one. Just a big old 
mink felt hat. Cyber Monday's she, coming she up. She is a hat lady. She does have six flat brim cowboy hats, though. Yeah, oh, well, we know. So yeah, I don't know she, if she needs we any know. more hats. Well, okay, so Aaron, I've got my one. Uh, <laughs> Marissa, if you're listening to this, cover your ears. Cover your ears. Are they covered? Okay, they're covered. I, I, I trust you cover your ears. <laughs> You've got Aaron. If you ever, if you decide to propose to this girl, you've got to take her to Tombstone, like the hometown of Flat Brim Hats. Jesus Christ, you're the third person to talk about this this oh, week. Oh, nice. <laughs> Wait, propo- yeah, proposing so to her I, in, to- I, I in Tombstone? Gotta, I gotta, well, or proposing? proposing. But I, I got okay, a, I I like, a text like, no from her brother's girlfriend two days ago that said, oh, uh, Marissa's mom has their first engagement ring if you're interested. Like you know, Co- okay, Cody. You Thank know, you. That's what, great. What we need to do is we need to take her down to Nathaniel's Hats here in Georgetown and have them custom. Oh yeah, she's got to come here. Custom make. So that's who made mine. It was only like eight hundred and fifty bucks. Um, only, <laughs> only, but only. custom make that hat with the engagement ring on it. Oh yeah, like embezzled <laughs> into it. <laughs> and embezzled. then you can give her embezzled an engagement hat that she can wear embedded, every day. embedded. I swear to God, if <laughs> Russell Wilson shows up and ruins my second marriage, I'm going to be fucking pissed. Oh. All right, let's get back to the mink. Anyway, so, yay. Oh, yeah, minks. Okay, so, so there's all these minks have had to be fucking put down because they're trying to just coal, stop the carnage. Uh, there is there's 15 COVID million being transmitted from humans to mink, and that's bad news bears. Yeah. And so what they've done is they've created these mass graves for mink. Let's talk about how and many. The so f- they ordered the culling of fifteen million. The the uh, the yeah. Danish parliament stopped it and said it did was, not have authority to do. Said that. it was illegal, and that was after two point eight five million had already been put down. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> you don't get to put that genie back in the and bottle. And it's you know oh. like it's before out. before you move on, um, before you move on too far. Let's uh, let's let's really quick touch base on what that actually entails. Because this isn't necessarily this isn't necessarily like multi multi million dollar farms. Some of these some of these farms that are doing this only have, you know, maybe five to ten thousand mink. And this is a family run op- or family run business and that this still is what- seems like a lot of fucking mink in one place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's you know, it's it's a family operated business and overnight a family operated business that's been there for 50 years, 75 years. Shuttered. Like they're gone. I mean, there's probably like some of, I mean, dude, I mean, this is this is Europe. Some of these farms have probably been supplying minks to the fur companies for possibly centuries. So I would imagine. I would bet that's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, but it's I mean, it's weird to see that I I couldn't imagine it. So and let's put it in let's put it in perspective for um for our listeners here. And to kill 15,000 mink like y- you're not shooting them so you clearly are gassing or poisoning. Well, but let, I mean just in perspective here. So to put it in a I live on a I live on a ranch with I think we're up to 14 head of cattle. Now, do we make our living off cattle? Absolutely not. But if the government said kill all your cows, does that hurt us? Absolutely does because we we at least slaughter one a year and take I think two a year to sale. Um, so I mean that's if we lost all fourteen head, that's a that's a huge loss. Now you go look at places like the King Ranch, which supplies yeah. the entire Southwest with beef, um, and they say 
kill all your cows. Well, we don't have the we don't have the out here where I'm at. I, I don't have the uh, financial ability to put up a fight. King Ranch probably does since they have a F-150 named after them. They have a model of it named yeah, after they, them. Got, they got the Ford money, but they could put up. I thought that was a really funny name for a truck. Like I thought I didn't know there was anything serious about. Yeah, it. no, it's it's named after the King Ranch, which spans how many uh, King Ranch? How many yeah, counties King Ranch down badass. here? Yeah, King Ranch spans multiple, multiple, multiple counties in Southwest Texas. At one point, so not today, that's not true. But in the like early uh, 20th century, the King Ranch was essentially the size of Connecticut, I believe. I think the King Ranch is still pretty massive. I know it spans several counties. It's it's still very, very big. Like it, it it encompasses like two counties or some shit. But at one point, it truly was the size of Connecticut. That's not true anymore. Yeah, right. they're they're yeah, t- they're, they're down peak. to eight hundred and twenty five thousand acres, which is an area larger than yeah, the state. Yeah, it's kind of, of, kind of a bitch ass ranch, if you ask me. Yeah, so it's it. They're not all connected anymore. It's got a small dick. Yeah, real weak shit. They're not small all connected dick. anymore. Um, but it's still bigger than the state of Rhode Island. Uh, they have thirty five thousand cattle Maybe that's there. It. They have thirty five thousand cows. Um, anyway, yeah, this just th- imagine if you like. The only way to legally do that would be to shoot each one of those in the head. That would take forever. Yeah. And I'm looking at this really terrible photo of what Cody's about to talk to next, which is the zombie mink. <laughs> yeah. So Denmark has had to just mass slaughter all these minks, like just fucking, just, I don't know, holocausting them. And oh, they're, uh, it always so, comes back to the Holocaust with what, you. Why? Why? Why what? Well, because what they else have do you COVID. Call a mass extermination of a species. A culling? A genocide? Well, isn't a holocaust a genocide? An extinction? Okay. We are genociding the mink. We are not holocausting them. Yes. Okay. So run it back. <laughs> we're genociding them. Yeah, so we're doing Armenian genocide on the mink. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> <laughs> So much hey, hate everybody. mail. He is drinking how, how so many? So much hate mail. Now? Three? I broke I broke myself. Wait. Okay, yeah. So all these minks are dead. And they are essentially being pushed off. They're only digging the ditches about nine feet deep and they're layering them. So like layer of dead mink, chalk, layer of dead mink, chalk. And I guess the soil is super sandy there. So now we have all these dead fucking mink and they are the gases are expanding in their bellies, and they are erupting from the soil back onto ground, essentially as if they're coming back from the dead. And that's why they're calling them the zombie so, mink. Yeah, so not only did you have to kill them all, now you have to deal with them coming back, not from actually from the dead, but from the grave, if you will. So the next plan is like, okay, well, fuck. If their uh, their stomachs are going to expand and raise to the top, I guess we have to burn them now. So now they are... Uh, the plan is to dig up all these mink and incinerate them. So <laughs> it's getting pretty fucking weird in Denmark. Uh, I don't know how much longer their mink crisis is going to last, but I mean, this is just like every day on the six o'clock Denmark news. It's just got to be, well, more mink have risen from the dead. <laughs> we should find out if they're in election year. Oh yeah. Well, they're that prime minister. No, the agricultural did, did minister. Did y'all not cover heat? It was the agricultural okay. head. Yeah, the agricultural okay, minister so the agricul- resigned. He resigned in disgrace. Is that is that what I missed? Right? Yeah. He did it without constitutional authority. Yeah. Yes. He 
He fucked up. He did the right thing, but he fucked up. Well, which is crazy because, so like, in a, like it, in the U.S., that'd just be a Tuesday. So this, like, they'd be like, oh, you don't have to resign or anything. That's crazy. No, no, you're cool. Just we'll figure it out. Uh, I, and I think it's important to notice. Now, they had the right, they had the right idea. That maybe not necessarily the culling of 15 million mink, but they had the right idea to address it initially because that's what makes the virus so so bad and. Not just COVID-19 or COVID-20, I guess, is what this would be technically. Um, but that's what makes a what makes any kind of virus really dangerous um, is when it jumps species. So that's what made that's what's made COVID-19 so hard to control is it made the jump in species from bats to humans. And now that it's jumped from humans into mink and has already jumped back out it means there is another mutation about it and we jesus christ jam this photo is so fucking disturbing oh yeah yeah right so i'm sorry yeah what cody's referring to is uh i'm sure it's going to end up in the promotion for this week but what cody's referring to is it's basically um a it's two lines three lines of just ditches with uh like shock ditches mink being poured in Via dump truck. Yeah, blood. It's just not, it's not pretty. But there is a, like, there, you have to, you have to do something about this. Because, like I said, it jumps from bats to humans, and then it goes from humans into mink and makes the jump back out. And once it's made the jump back out, it has now mutated again. So all these companies, Pfizer, um, Moderna, Moderna. yeah, uh, what's the, there was another, there was another one that starts with an A. I can't think of what it is. I can't pronounce it. It's like... Astrophysiology, yeah, whatever it is. Oxford. So all these, all these companies <laughs> that are like a ninety percent solution, that virus does jack or that immunization does jack shit now because it's a completely different virus. So this is something that has to be addressed. I don't know that walking through well, Denmark with a flamethrower and setting fire to <laughs> mink farms is the best way to do it, but. Is that a job we could apply to? Like, we just, like, get a work visa to do this? Because I'm in. <laughs> oh, God. You're about to have kids. Yeah, but, dude, could you imagine just, like, walk around with a fucking pear burner just, like, slaughtering mink? Like, uh, it's fucked up, but it'd be fun. Aaron, do you know what I a don't pe- know, man. Aaron, I, do you know I, what a pear burner anything is? Anything that's, like, small animal that's innocent, I get a little uh, teary-eyed Aaron, over so when it dies. It's like the should, Bambi You thing. should come to Texas and go hog hunting. Like, so... You actually, okay, you just hogs ca- you, are ugly. I'll kill a hog. So you but just actually need to come you, just sit have you ever the heard house. of Have you heard of trapping hogs and then shoot, then killing them that way? Because that shit's fucked up. Do you torture the hog that tortures? No, 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 no. It's not that bad. No, no, but you you catch them in pens and you have to go up to them and just you just shoot the hog there. Uh, you have to <laughs> jump on them. Fu- it's pretty fucked up. I've, I've done it a few times. It's 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 not great. I'm imagining I'm, the uh, barbecue scene from Forgetting Sarah Marshall, where he kills the pig. Similar. It, <laughs> in this case, like he's like my, screaming, uh, "I'm so sorry." My stepdad's like, "Oh yeah, here." Uh, and he starts here, stabbing the, faster, like Mel Gibson from The Patriot. He's like, "Use the use the 22 and just you know, quick, quick in the head, it'll be fine." So he hands me. Like it's he's like yeah it's my twenty two I'm like it's big it, this is a big gun but okay sure and then it, I go and I do it 
And he's like, oh, fuck. That was a 357. Yeah, that'll do uh, it. Let's swap. That'll definitely do it. it. Yeah, so he hands me a goddamn hand cannon to uh, take care of like a baby pig, and there's a lot of baby pig everywhere. Did he say <laughs> Tony uh, Soprano's voice? No, it was like, oh, God, I can't even do a good mark. No, I can't do a good mark either. Uh, I, it's kind of like. I mean, but it's no different. Hey, man, than, just, I, uh, I, hey, man, just, uh. Use the twenty-two. Be all right. I, get, I guess Aaron. That's kind oh, of yeah, right, damn. Right. That's kind of a George W. Bush. I guess Aaron would hate being being with me for like any extended period of time out here because I generally like in the morning walk down, go grab a shower. All you do is kill cuddly creatures. I just I just fucking what kill, do you do in the morning? I just kill fucking squirrels every so, morning. So like, imagine this, Aaron. Like in, you know, uh, you've seen Cinderella, right? You realize that I have a dog that is a squirrel dog. I'm totally down for. I mean, like squirrels are cute. It, yeah, well, they get. James has made me, his life mission to. Ki- James has made his life mission to kill every cuddly animal from Snow White and Cinderella. <laughs> I don't shoot any birds. It's just the squirrels because <laughs> the squirrels get in the garden. They eat all of our veggies, and I want my jalapenos. Sure, sure, but. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah, okay. So this this does tie back to America. All right, we're still on mink, guys. Yeah, we're, we're still, still on, on mink. mink. Oh, that's right, that's right. Because there's a COVID nineteen break in uh, mink. In Oregon, and, and so the yeah, crazy part yeah, of all this is, mink actually are the they're so far they're the one mammal that second co- mammal COVID nineteen is just ravaged. Like every other thing, oh. COVID nineteen like it has infected dogs, it has infected cats, bats. Uh, I think a bats lion, are a, mammal. a tiger, bats, obviously because you know some someone Randy Marsh fucked the bat. <laughs> oh God, that was so animals. How many mammals episode. out of that are actually cute? I mean, tigers dogs, are pretty cute. Do- dogs, dogs are super cute. Yeah. Yeah. Tigers are cute. Lions are cute. Yeah. So bats eating grapes is cute. Yeah. yeah so m- mink have they've somehow like been the one animal that this shit is just ravaging. Uh, no one really knows why, but mink is just getting fucked up by COVID nineteen. It's so I, I assume within the next year or so, there's going to be a huge deep dive investigation. It- and what the hell is going on with? I mink assume somebody's so having sex with mink because their fur is so soft. I mean, I, I get that. I would too. <laughs> but I, I'm guessing mink are so. If they're only being bred for their fur, they're probably so inbred that they're probably have a very weak immune system. Is my oh, that's a good guess. But so that's that's just that's just my guess. Is if these animals are only being bred for pelts, then no one gives a shit about them being intelligent or able to retrieve a ball or a duck, you know, like dogs. Cause like, you know, dogs, they do a lot of breeding and they try to mix up the mom and dad. Well, to that's, prevent that's how you end up with but still maintain like qualities you want. Whereas I'm thinking of mink. They're like, I don't know. Are they fucking furry? Let them fuck. <laughs> that's uh, my guess. Derailed, I thought, uh, can, I mean... can we bring Aaron, uh, since this affects Oregon, can you go back to Portland and find us a mink farmer to uh, interview? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, Oregon's funny because there's Portland and then there's everything else. Um, everything else that is not Portland or the capital, they get really bent out of shape when people talk about Oregon because the only thing that anybody knows is just Portland. Well, and Goonies, um, there's Astoria. There's counties duh. that have... Okay, got Astoria, but Astoria <laughs> is a part of a, a greater county. Um, it's like people in Illinois, Chicago. Like even in, even this election cycle, they had two counties that put on the bill that they wanted to 
secede from Oregon and get joined up with Idaho because the political boundaries better were represented in Idaho politics. So there's two conservative counties in Oregon and they wanted to fucking leave. (laughs) Not necessarily. There might be every county in Oregon, with the exception of Multnomah County, Portland. Melanoma? Um, Multnomah County is what it's called. Um, But yes, Multnomah County is... Uh, it's the thing that everybody in Oregon hates outside of Portland. And again, Portland's one of those areas that just draws a bunch of geeks. Kind of like your Austin, or what I said, Seattle, except I like Portland. I've had People it up there to hear are nerds. We've got to stop letting nerds into our cities. <laughs> I mean, Let's, so uh, I think the, the U.S. should, so in addition to culling 15,000 mink, our country should also consider culling 15,000 nerds. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm digging. I'm digging. 15,000 is actually a pretty small number. So it's saying that, um, you know, so fif- well, 15,000 has mink have died of coronavirus in the U.S. And that's a pretty small number compared to the 18 million they're killing in Denmark. And I 15. guess that does put on notice like do- about a dozen farms under quarantine. So. I, I guess that. So I'm looking at. I don't know. Here's here's I'm the very curious about just here's how the all quick these minks are raised. Here's the quick numbers rundown on this. So uh, it looks like Utah, Wisconsin, and Michigan are the big hotbeds of mink COVID. Yes. So um, the, here's the quick rundown side by side. So you have 15 million, approximately 15 million mink in Denmark. 2.85 million have been culled. Uh, quick math says that's just under one seventh of the mink population over there. Let's call it like one point or one six and a half, um, fifth or whatever you want to call it. In the United States, what are we looking at? We're looking at fifteen thousand there thereabouts. Uh, the yeah, United States I guess total. The United States has three hundred fifty nine, like eight hundred fifty thousand, three sixty thousand. Yeah, so total three hundred sixty thousand so out of oh, bred to produce babies. Yes, known as kits, and so the babies are known as kits. So like, no one's even considered these animals. These are just agricultural inputs. Yeah, so three hundred sixty thousand uh, mink in the United States, of which approximately fifteen thousand have died. Is that about right? Um. Well, this right here says I eleven. Guess that, eleven thousand. Right for numbers of like deaths in America versus people with COVID. Yeah. So, uh, let's round it up. This article says uh, ten thousand seven hundred. So let's call it eleven thousand, just for numbers' sake. Eleven thousand out of three hundred sixty thousand. So thirtieth, uh, a thirtieth of them have died. Is that right? Yeah. I mean. All things considered, not so bad. But uh, from what I'm reading, it doesn't seem like the and the, it's it's the very, virus um, has jumped in to a lot humans. Of these states. It's yeah. very centralized. Like it's only like yes nine farms. Like it's very um, like like all things agricultural. It seems like everything is kind of kept in close quarters and smushed in there, and therefore you're just gonna have like a lower quality of life, and that's probably leading to just these mass fucking infections. Right, and and then again, there's also what you're saying, where there's large populations kept in close proximity, but then you also have like, um, you know, the Center for Biological D- Diversity, um, that's asking Oregon to take action and, and basically saying we kind of saw this coming, 
Yeah, I mean, so in general, we're as a podcast, we're coming out against factory farming. The shit's fucked up, guys. Like, it's only going to breed more disease and just mass slaughterings that we're seeing here. JM actually, he's raising his hand. He's I'm not a, raising anything. I'm not raising anything. Of factory farming. I'm not a fan of factory farming. I he wants twenty thousand chickens in a square. Have foot. y'all watched Connected on Facebook or on Netflix yet? Uh, no, no. Okay, so uh, check out Connected. It's this really. Uh, I thought it was going to be something different. I thought it was going to be one of those like, um, you know, hey, the population of field mouse over here is directly related to the population of corn harvesting across the world, kind of thing. Thought it was going to be a lot more number stuff, and it's not. But the very first thing they talk about is uh, facial recognition software and how it's being used in factory farming to give animals individual attention and um, it's a pig farm in Scotland but how it's being used to give animals individual attention and individual needs versus mass inoculating and creating weird viruses across uh, species like that. Oh, that'd be good. So like there there are some inroads being made at the moment. I would say for, well, for let's this not week, forget where COVID nineteen came from, which is a wet basically economic downturn, and then taking any animal that they could get their hands on, and then sourcing it for food. Well, uh, but but uh, well, but no, be, be, no, but be no, careful no, there. I, be, I careful, be careful. Be like, careful there because that's a, a cultural. Del- thing. It's a delicacy. Like th- I think they're like it's a a wet market. Doesn't mean they're like downtrodden and poor it just means like that's where you get specialty not food anymore yeah b- but anymore. look at but look at um so that's a good point to go off let's look at uh south korea so south korea has factory farms for dog which they use there's a specific breed that they use as meat over there uh aaron did you have kegogi when you were over there because i know i did no but I, d- I i mean i did not i did eat raw ground beef which I thought was supposed to be a delicacy. Turns out it's just raw ground beef. Oh, steak tartare? <laughs> yeah. It wasn't even called steak tartare. Uh, but uh, but there are, I mean, that's... Kegogi yeah, kego- dog meat. Kegogi, yeah. Kegogi. Yeah, kegogi. Bulgogi is beef. Um, but you have... But, I mean, that is a... When you talk about, like, the wet market, that, I mean, it's a cultural thing. There's lots of... There's lots of what Americans consider weird food... In every other country that is just, you know, considered delicacy over there. I mean, uh, Mexico eats lengua. How many people are running out there to grab a cow tongue? Probably not a lot. The yeah, a bunch of, a bunch of people like me love their calf fries. I I fucking oh, love calf fries are good. I fucking love calf fries. But who's going to saddle up next to a plate of bull testicles if they know exactly what it is? Have you uh, so uh, have you been to H Mart yet, JM? Yeah. Yeah, so well, like, going to just a few. Blocks yeah, away. and we and we have an going o- to an H Mart is wild. Like, like we have an oh, O Mart cool. too. Pit, you can just like like what are you guys making pig uterus? Like what dish is that? Yeah, we have an like, O Mart or, in, or, uh, or just your duck feet. Like you can just buy like a bag of duck feet. But that's what I'm saying is like it, the that's wet. That's cool. It's fine. Like the wet market's not necessarily a bad it's, thing. It's amazing to find creative uses for shit you wouldn't think was edible, and that's kind of a history of food in general. I mean, I think it's I think it's actually probably very responsible to find every part of the every part that we can eat. 
kind of like the Native American tradition of like every piece of a buffalo was going to go to some sort of use. I'm sorry for okay. Well, the the point I'm trying to make here is that uh, JM, you've worked in some sort of food industry. Yes, I, I have worked in the food industry. Cody, did you? Yeah, I've waited tables and shit. Cool. So y- did you have to take the class that said this is where the meat goes, this is where the vegetables yep. go, this is where the Absolutely. dairy goes? Right. So <laughs> no. we're in Mexican restaurants. A lot yeah. of <laughs> No, I had a oh. food service license, so I know I know where everything was. Okay, so you didn't give anybody you know, COVID twelve no. or whatever no, happened. Absolutely not. In Cody's, you know, sophomore year of college <laughs> when he's like blowing loads into the Pizzoli. <laughs> I could it's totally hominy. Like, mostly could, blowing loads and like. I could totally, hand. I could totally see him like filling his own cannolis back there. <laughs> no, it's 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 hominy, dude. <laughs> hominy. <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, I I get where you're coming from. I just hate to shit on your theory about it because I think that I, I don't think that the wet market is a terrible thing. I you know. Are there some food safety issues there? Probably, but eating a bat is well, not a bad thing. Well, that's what I'm pointing thing. to is the, the food safety issue. I would try bat. Close proximity and not having a lot of control and then not knowing when animals are getting sick or not. That's that's really Yeah, no, no. Like the I, wet market is fine. Yeah, I got it. I'm, Wait, I would eat bat. Fine? Going on record. Would eat bat. <laughs> Deep fry but, um, it, dip it in. All right, so I think. That ends this week in Mink Talk. We'll probably bring Mink back next week because I'm sure there'll be more updates. I'm just glad we're not talking about the fucking election this week. This story just keeps fucking growing, which is wild. Please don't talk about it. We are not talking about the election. Oh, so is this where we move on to good news? It It is good news. Uh, I I have good news. Awesome. Okay, go. Baby Yoda has a name. Oh, Oh, yeah. I heard about that. Let's do it. Are we allowed to say that here? Yeah, no, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. This is absolutely a Mandalorian oh, oh, spoiler yeah, podcast. Because I was, I was trying not to, so I really didn't want to put up a um, a good news article this week because I like to do the, I don't know if y'all have noticed, that generally when I do the good news, I like I always wait until like Friday or Saturday to put it up there, just kind of like a surprise. Spare. Um, just because I think the good news should be something to find. And I remember just now, I mean, like 10 minutes before we started doing this, seeing a little quip about Baby Yoda had a name. I was like, oh, I'll read it after the podcast. So I actually have not read anything about this. So coming from the man who has a Velociraptor biting Boba Fett on his arm now, I would love to hear some Star Wars news. Uh, okay, <laughs> is, cool. Is the baby's name like Frank? It's it's way cooler than that. It's Grogu. 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 Um, Gro- oh, Grogu. Yeah, there's a big reveal, and I, I'll I'll save. Is everything. it his actual name or someone gave it? Don't a give name. any way. Don't give away any Mandalorian spoilers. It's actually the name. What I? How do they know? There was a communication between Grogu and a new party. Uh, okay. Okay. Is this an episode? I five? still have not started watching, so I'm excited. And it's fun. I don't care about spoilers. It's fine. Well, like, I no, care because I haven't it, watched episode five yet. It's a fun yet. show. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, is well, this an episode five? Because I haven't... Wa- Actually, I don't think I've watched episode four yet either. It's in five season... Five or six. I, I can't remember what... It, they're calling them chapters. Yeah, I yeah, know yeah. it's season two, newest episode. And, like, after... So, my company is a shutdown for, like, Christmas through New Year's Day. 
Uh, so Christmas Eve or New Year's Day. So I plan on watching all of season two of Mandalorian during that break. Uh, no, that's that's a great idea. Yeah, because when does sit it sit on the couch? When drink does it beer, end? Have fun. Yeah. When does it end? How many are they doing? They. I feel like it's going to be over by the time I get to it. Last year, and I think this was episode number five. So the or episode number six. So there's a, a seven and an eight left. Yeah, I think they only do. But eight I, I got to check. Yeah, I think they only do eight. Yeah, so I'm gonna have like eight hours of just fucking pure joy over. Christmas yeah, I think break. the first episode was like an hour and a half. Gosh, that was so fun. Yeah, it was cool. first no, episode it was an hour. Was it? It was, it was, was just of, under an hour. And then they they reduced time. They took them down to being like 28, 29 minutes a piece, which is a little disappointing for like a big Star Wars fan. But also, it gets a little more disappointing when you just make content to make content rather than advance the narrative. Yeah, but John Favreau's so doing, done really well with this. Between that and the re- rebooting the Marvel Universe, John Favreau's just been killing it. Uh, yeah, well, he's a masterful storyteller. Yes. Um, I mean, even his, uh, that movie Chef was very good. Like, that, that was a fun watch. Did you watch The that Chef? That my favorite Favreau. Do you watch Chef Show? Chef. Do you watch The Chef Show on Netflix? No, no. What? No, but I heard he's so good. Like, he- Oh, man, it's so good. Jobs. Like, he did all of his training under a chef. Yo, he so he, he brings that chef with him. That's what The Chef oh, Show is. Oh, the guy that taught him? Yeah, so the guy who, like, schooled him up for, uh, for Chef- and it's one now. It's one of his good friends, um, but yeah, that's what the chef show is. It's him and it's him and his chef buddy going everywhere and visiting people and making these foods. And then you have to pause when they show the um, the ingredients list because some of them are just. It's a quick flash of it, but man, it is a great, great show. Favreau's just been phenomenal. <laughs> like he is the next. Oh, he's just he is gold. This is a great segue. How did Thanksgiving turn out? I did tortas ahogado, which is basically a drowned torta in carnitas. It was really oh, good. God, it was really great. good. And like I, I drank mezcal, <laughs> and then I went to the bar. And then, you know, because the bar was basically closed, we just locked the door. I said, "Here's forty dollars. Get me fucked up." Did you go to the meal? That's yep. fun. Went to the meal. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I'm bringing the twins to Aaron's next year for for Thanksgiving. I guess. Oh, Uncle Aaron. <laughs> Cody, you did that. Uncle Aaron, get him. Cody, you did that prime uh, rib, right? I did a prime, prime rib. rib. So we, my wife is just coming out of quarantine from COVID. So my other pregnant sister freaked out and canceled Thanksgiving for everybody, <laughs> as she does. And, uh, yeah, so we said, fuck it. We'll do it our own. And uh, I, I smoked a prime rib. Like so, I just I smoked it hot as shit, and so by the time I checked it, two and a half hours, uh, the internal temp was r- almost right where I wanted to be. This you know flavors there, so I just like finished it off in the oven for about thirty minutes. That's the way nice. to do it. Just 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 to get the yep. you know internal temp to, to about perfect one thirty five to one forty in the middle. So you did and like a medium rare on it. Yeah, and it was fucking great. Like. The flavors were perfect. It was good, and so, I, but um, I took uh, when I smoked it, I put the pan under the grates, and so I poured all that juice back. Oh onto yeah, and just it let and it then put it in the oven. Nice, yeah, smart, fucking incredible. So then you know I did a bunch of sides, uh, sweet potatoes, mashed potatoes, green beans, shit like that. Nice, it was good. It was really good. Everything turned out great. So I and did. Then- JM, you had the siblings giving. Yeah, so uh, that what you called it? Yeah, we had siblings giving. So uh, my sis, yeah. my oldest 
sister, I guess. So I've got two sisters. I'm uh, one's eight years younger than me. One's thirteen years younger than me. So the one's eight years younger than me. They just bought a new house and moved into it two weeks ago, two Fridays ago. Oh shit! I'm sorry, two Fridays ago. So when I went down last, when I went down Friday, that was their first full week in the house. Um, so I got there and all I did was cook for them all weekend because my nephew just turned one in October. Um, both of them have started new jobs, so I know they're going crazy. So all I did was cook all weekend. Um, so the first thing I did was I got there Friday and I made two loaves of my bread. I did the jalapeno cheddar bread and then I did like a double cheesy bread, which was really good. Um, and then, uh, Saturday I did a big old pot of beans. Um, I did some pintos with a half pound of bacon, jalapeno, a, an onion, and a black pepper and coarse sea salt in it. Uh, those Can I stop you on that real quick? Yeah. How do you build that? How do I build what? Your your pot of beans. Like so, I soak. So I buy raw pintos. Um, okay. I so it, you soak them overnight for like eight, twelve hours. I do eight a, to twelve hours. I do a full twenty-four on mine. Okay. Uh, but you have to be very, very, very careful about how much water you put in. So basically, because if you put too much water in, the beans will continue to soak, and then as you cook them, um, they'll just fall apart and turn to mush. So what I do is I fill the two pounds of beans up until the water is just above that level. Um, And then check on it about two hours later, and you'll notice that the water's gone down. Stir, like you kind of move them around a little bit, add a little more water. Move them around a little bit, add a little bit more water, and then about the six hour mark, I stop adding water. Now, you got to put, okay. I put a cap on it. Uh, I do put a lid on it with no breather. That way, anything that's being exhausted just kind of creates its own environment and goes back in there. But when you pick the beans up, they should be firm, obviously soft, but like firm. Um, and then, like titties. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, and then they go in a big pot. Um, I add all my raw veggies in there, bring it up to a rapid boil, and then knock it all the way down to like the dot that says low with the uh, cap on top. And then it's about an hour and a half. No, it's about an hour and a half right there. Okay. Okay. Hour and a half because I like to to cook them and then let them set with the cap on. And then that way when they're ready to serve, I can knock it back up for 20 minutes or so, reheat them, and have them ready to go. They came out really. So carnitas well. are just just easy. Yeah, well, uh, well and that's that's the other thing I did was I did carnitas. So I pulled yeah. up. Uh, what did I get? I got. Uh, did you use a Dutch oven or just a just a? I used a. I used a Dutch oven, which is really nice. I it's like my sister the didn't coolest have, thing since the cast iron. Really, I'll instapot my carnitas and then throw them in the oven, broil them to crisp them. Okay, so she, uh, she didn't have a big enough Dutch oven, so we used a. She had a six quart or an eight quart pot. So she had an eight quart pot. I had four pounds of pork, uh, and I, they didn't have the pork shoulder that I wanted. Um, so I think I ended up with going going with a pork loin, um, hmm. and I basically just cut up about six pounds of pork loin into two inch by two inch cubes, uh, salted the shit out of it, and peppered the shit out of it the night before. It went in the pot on, went in the pot at three o'clock on Saturday. I put in um, about, oh, 
God, about a half a cup of white vinegar. I put in four, I'm sorry, put in two oranges sliced into quarters without the rind on it. Um, mm. I put a beer in there. I put um, a white onion and water and then reduced it for, so I brought it up to a boil and brought it just right above a simmer and reduced it for four hours and then shredded by hand. Once I shredded by hand, I pulled out the cast iron that I'd bought them a couple of years ago, the 12 inch with um, vegetable oil in it. And then I fried all the shredded, all the shredded carnitas really quickly to give them like a little crunch with the soft. Yeah. Yeah. You got out of the crunch. Oh, got out of the crunch. That's about as classic as you get. Yeah. And then uh, serve that on a tiny, like little three or four inch um, white corn tortillas. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing oh, I didn't. sounds fun. The only thing I didn't do is make a fresh pico because I'm the only person in that house who eats spicy. Nobody else in my family will eat spicy. So I did not make a pico. That's the torta ahogado is made. Not with ahogado sauce, which is just Spanish for drowned, but it's ma- made with something called achiote or achiote. That's yeah, A C H I O T E. And tomatoes, guajillos, Guajillo. boil. Right. Yep. Strain all the water out, emulsify it, salt, pepper, reduce over the course of an hour or two hours. Okay. Um, I did not, it was. I did not know it was going to have that much heat, so I now know that when the recipe calls for 12, I can go with, like, 9. Wahios? <laughs> I don't mind hey, spicy. That's I the best way to find Well, you get the cook I want for your audience. Yeah, no, period. absolutely. Yeah, it, there's a difference between eating spicy and eating spicy with flavor. Like, I'm not adding a Carolina yes. I'm not adding a Carolina Reaper to any of my stuff just because it's hot just for the sake of being hot. Now, a habanero... I'm even cautious on a habanero. Like, like a habanero... There's some things that are great with it. can be fun when you do them right. Correct. If you, yes. use, if you use small pieces of a habanero to get that spice in there, um, it's good because they actually have a pretty decent flavor. But, like, I prefer it's... to make spicy with flavor using either super fresh jalapenos or a serrano. Because the Serrano, those are my go-to's as well. Like, I yeah. like Serrano. Serrano's, I don't fuck with anymore. Oh, really? They're too they, well up here. I don't know what we're getting. Gotcha. It's product of USA. It's product of Mexico, and sometimes they just—it's a real kick in the nuts, and it's not even sometimes, fun. Like you're, you're yeah. like, like as a you fan a of spicy one. food, if it's spicy for me, that means it's spicy for the gringo that I'm friends with. Yeah, absolutely. AKA my entire family or my friend Bobby who can't walk in my house if there's a pepper in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, mean, like, like I, I gave Bobby, uh, have you ever had uh, chimichurri? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he had chimichurri and he started sweating. He thought chimichurri was too spicy? Like, and, and chimichurri is just like sexy. It's jalapeno. S- steak stuff. Um, is he like, so he's one of those like. Parsley and cilantro. Parsley and cilantro. Oil and vinegar. Yeah. So he's one of those, yes. he's like not eating a chipotle sauce. No, okay. no, 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 no. You say Chipotle and he starts getting bubble it put, gut. It's just a smoke. Yeah, it's, it's just smoked jalapeno. Yeah, I know. I know. But that's okay. Right. Yeah, whatever. Different right, folks, well, different strokes. I would say that's our outro. Let's, you know, end on Thanksgiving. I like it. <laughs> Something good. Say, yeah. Good. Yeah. Good so, you know, we all had our own Thanksgiving. Uh, it was a weird year for everybody, I think. And, uh, yeah, what a f- 
Me, I'm still riding the high of uh, I finally got to tell the world I was having twins. So I'm still really fucking stoked about that. This and, has been uh, the hardest we, secret to keep for like a month because I've known. I'm since surprised the that week you were before. Like, all I want to do is tell everybody everything all the time. It's oh, I've known sickness. since the week before Halloween, and I have not told yes. anybody. Oh, you've known that long. Yeah, oh, I've yeah. known over a like, month. My mom was sworn to secrecy and like told most. She the told fucking everybody. Everybody. <laughs> I have a story for you once this podcast is over about how I found out she was telling people. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, you told me like. Uh, <laughs> I didn't tell you. Yeah, I think you told me that already. I did not oh, tell okay, you. Maybe not. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, drunken Nerd review secrets. gang out there. Uh, I'll keep you posted on the twins. I feel like that would be probably be something exciting for the 16 people who listen to this, I guess. Uh, tell your, But as always, please tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell their friends. Tell your parents. Tell your grandparents. Um, if your grandparents ask. It's a Trump podcast. You know, fuck mm-hmm. it. We'll Trojan, horse, we'll Trojan horse our way into their minds. It's going to be fun. <laughs> and by Trojan horse, I mean like the one from mythology, not like a the horse condoms. wearing a Trojan condom, because that's fucking weird. Don't, and don't put that visual in your head. Nice. Also, uh, I want to say that about 10 minutes ago, I turned on the uh, subtitles and Google Hangout fucking nails these these are everything but also it will blur out when i say fuck it's f <laughs> asterisk 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 oh really <laughs> oh it yeah. just oh it's shit great. it does oh this, this is, is really but it's it's capturing everything like when aaron was like doing some spanish words for this food like it was capturing most of those so i think that's pretty good I kind of want to do this from now on, just so I can not get lost <laughs> in the podcast. Yeah, it's kind of good. I think we should it's have subtitles on. Oh, this is great. Yeah, he was like, oh, the Asiago cheese isn't... Oh, it got it right. <laughs> yeah. It got it right. Okay, what about um, Copernicus? Guys, <laughs> we got to cut it. Uh, oh, no, no. Oh, it, came out as, it came out as tourniquet. <laughs> Damn. I rocked no. the tourniquet. Google. No, st- Copernicus. <laughs> they don't want to hear us test it out. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, I'll stop. Hey, um, so uh, we will keep you posted on minks and twins and Australian commandos. Uh, but until then, good night, and we love you. <laughs>